The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Welcome back to our June episode of On the Rag. Things are a little, a little crazy here. We're in the the, the bowels of media works, somewhere around the, the the large intestine. No, the colon. Are we? I yeah, think, I think yeah, so. I think that's always where we're positioned <laughs> spiritually. Um, I'm Alex Casey. I'm joined as always by Leonie Hayden. Hold up, and Michelle Court. Hello. It's been it's been a hot minute, isn't it? It's crazy out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, this is great. We're in for the first time. Can we just tell listeners that we used to always do this in a in a room in a, and just like a room, uh, like in an old house almost. It foam like. on the walls. Okay, so sure. You're underselling it. Okay, sure. Um, sure, yeah, and stuff tacked over the window. But we're in, in an actual studio, like a proper studio. Yeah. I feel a bit intimidated by this situation. Oh, what so was Sorry, I didn't turn my... The noise off. That's okay. Um, before we go any further, big thanks to the Women's Bookshop who make this podcast possible. Kaura, we love kaura. them. They're a perfect spiritual fit for us in every way. If you're in Auckland, you can check them out in real life on Ponsonby Road or online at www.thewomensbookshop.co.nz. Also this month, they are giving us a beautiful children's picture book to give away called Fantastically Great Woman Who Changed the World by Kate Pankhurst, Yay. which sounds And she sounds amazing. great. I had a little Google of her, and she found out during the making of this book about fantastic women who have changed the world that she is indeed related to Emmeline Pankhurst, one wow. of the suffragettes, one of the UK suffragettes from 100 years ago, which is very cool. Wow. Yeah. Also, I uh, was top of the list as recommended by the New Zealand Herald as the gift to give Neve Te Aroha uh, Gayford Ardern. Yeah, she Ardern prob- Gayford. She probably only needs one copy, but yeah. That's just stack them up. Yeah. Use them as a table. Just three and a half million copies. Yeah. <laughs> I think New Zealand Post needs the business, so that's fine. <laughs> Uh, also coming up, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about baby baby Neve a lot, I think, and Simon Bridges and Jacinda and all those all the things between that. Uh, we've got Michelle has raised the issue of Melania Trump's jacket. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what Flotus is wearing. I think that's a good idea. I think that's important. And we're going to talk love fashion. Yeah, we love this let's is a fashion pod it. now. Yeah. And we might also talk a little bit about women walking home at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first of all, life update. Michelle, you've been in. A, <laughs> you've been hanging out with your uncle. Yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> I have, and in, in Motueka, uh, down in the Tasman district, he and his fabulous wife who's my aunt, uh, nearly lost their house in Cyclone Gita <gasps> in February. And I'd already planned to, I'd booked to go and stay with him because I've been wanting to do that for years. He's my my young, my father's youngest brother and also my godfather. Anyway, so I went anyway. And when they borrowed a house for the weekend because their house doesn't have any floors in it. Houses 
Hospital without floors are really mm. sad. Yeah. They look, well, we went to visit it and it looks really sad. Anyway, I just had the most amazing three, four days um, in Mott with, with him and his lovely wife Val and got to know their friends and disengaged from all social media and just heard people wandering around the Sunday markets in Mott going, isn't that lovely, Neve Tiaroha? Isn't that <laughs> nice? <laughs> just full of joy and happiness. Isn't she a breath of fresh air? So Aww. it was really great. I had a terrific time. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. Leonie and I have made a TV show while you've been doing that. Wow, while I wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah. While my back was turned. We tried not to do it without you, but oh. they made her. Well, uh, like, Michelle's okay. away. Let's go. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And even though I was disconnected from from all media pretty much, I did get alerts and saw a couple of clips from it, and it looked amazing on Friday night. Well done. When I say Leonie and I woman. made it, I mean Leonie and I are the studio hosts of a show that is made by many, many <laughs> Incredibly talented people. Yeah. We're actually quite a small part of a very big puzzle. <laughs> we sit and we speak, and sometimes we can't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> even though the lines come up on a screen in front of us. Um, yeah, so it's been quite interesting, sort of. I don't know about you, but it's like a lot of shifting modes, like suddenly mm. being someone on television as someone who's written about television yeah. is something I'm sort of struggling with. We did like a big publicity run in the lead up to the show, yeah. and I wasn't expecting that to be something that people would hook on to. Everyone kept coming for Alice. <laughs> You've written so many mean things about people on TV. How are you going to deal with it? <laughs> she was like, oh, I don't oh, know. Oh. I'll just deal with it, I also, guess. Also, if you look back, I've been very careful to never actually say anything about anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. that's right. If you, yeah. But if you insult someone's show or whatever, I guess people who made it take it personally. That's yep. true. So are you being yeah. recognised in the supermarket and now unable no, to go out and you <laughs> Weirdly, late night on a Friday, it's not a, not a whole lot of regular people oh, watching it. I wouldn't, have crowd. Thought, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. True, true. Have true. we said the name of it yet? The spin-off TV. What? <laughs> Wow. We're really good How at that. How did promo. you come up with that? I love to think of that name. And, and sometimes we're like, is it the or is it just spin-off? You yeah. know, like, what's it really it's called? The spin-off TV. Because <laughs> I keep getting that wrong in records. But um, at 9.45 on 3 on Friday yeah. nights, if you didn't manage to catch it or if you've somehow managed to avoid us tweeting about it or Instagramming about it or Facebooking yeah. about it. So is it straight after seven days? Mm. So it's like a balance to um, to, to, to a Boise program. It's Got a, got, it's got two ladies at the front of it. Yeah. What are you thinking, you crazy people? Coasting on in. Is, so it, you, yeah. is that like a feminist thing, is it, for ladies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only. It's, are men yeah. allowed to watch it? It's no. actually the no. okay. frequency of okay. our voices can only be heard by a woman. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so men will just hear sort <laughs> so of static. Like you just can't get reception <laughs> through your penis. <laughs> I see. I see what you're doing. This sounds great. It's cool. Actually, I, one I think I was reflecting on uh, in the weekend after our first episode was um, how diverse our team is. But mm. it really is. Like on camera and behind the camera and writing and in the office and even like our technical staff, you know, the, the camera ops aren't all dudes. And, you know, there's Yay. lots of brown people and rainbow people and yeah. actual ladies. Yeah. It's mm. cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be filming something, a little something, hopefully <gasps> little something. for this week's episode with Michelle after this. I've got yeah. my lipstick on in preparation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting how you always have to think about yourself as someone, like being on camera, you're, yeah. you're being looked at. You yeah. can't. Cause, you, yeah, you God, suddenly the see yourself week, from I try the outside. And yeah. I try and like do the bare minimum. Yeah. Sometimes I genuinely wear like things I wear to bed I, I just honestly, keep them on the hardest thing about uh, working in television is is what you look like and having to think about that it's not it's not the brain it's not your, your thought process it's not it's not what you how you articulate things it's it's the the tricky bit is what are you wearing and what do you look like oh, and, 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 oh, that's the bit that <laughs> it, it makes me right tired I don't want to care what my face is like no and I obviously haven't learned the lesson yet because I forgot even though I knew we were filming a video segment with Michelle today I forgot to put anything on my face. Great well that's we should so, get used to what real people actually look mm, like so mm, let's do that. Mm, mm. I'll take my lipstick off it'll be yeah, off if you in could a just take everything off sure. that'd be <laughs> really helpful to me. No that's my problem. Uh, as we talk about the TV show 
Might as well start. I have a confession corner. Great. To begin with, where we confess. This isn't necessarily a feminist sin. This is just something real funny that I wanted to not keep as a little private joke I had with myself. (laughs) But we had two rehearsals in the lead up to the show. Obviously, when we're on camera, we wear these beautiful borrowed designer clothes that we can't, you know, we can't get. We can't spill, you know, red wine on in a comical fashion. Um, And I was on day three of my period, which means it's go time, baby. (laughs) The floodgates are open. (laughs) Anything could happen. So I had my moon cup in and I was wearing this beautiful top that was like slightly long. Like I was tucked into my pants, it was slightly long. And halfway through the rehearsal, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Fuck. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Inside. So can you feel that the cap is full? I've never worn a moon cap. And I, and I, I can't really. It's not like a, it's not like weight. It's not right. like a weight. You just start to feel like a. Like a dam yeah, that's a about gentle, to burst. A gentle sort of, um, what's it called? A trickle? Like a, like a sprinkle. Okay. What is it called when it starts to rain? Just a shower. Drizzle? Just a drizzle. Yeah. A a moon cup drizzle? <laughs> My nizzle? And so I went to the bathroom and because I've ex- experienced this before, especially day three is my like, that's my trigger day. That's when everything mm. <laughs> can go, can turn on a dime. And I'd had this experience at work before where I had been trying to empty it and my white shirt that was long had sort of somehow just gotten involved. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it was like an ombre, like just, just dipped in blood, a white shirt dipped in blood. So I was like, I just left it instead of emptying it. And I was just like, okay, I've got underwear and shapewear on. And if I do like enough little layers of toilet paper, this has got to be fine. Yeah. And it was fine. But I just want people to know that it's highly likely during the course of the spin-off TV that I'm going to be sitting on a mattress of toilet paper and like three three layers of underwear. So this is just something Mike McRoberts is never going to have to think about no. while he's doing the news. No. Exactly. That's why it's so good to talk about it so that they can imagine it and empathise. That's right. Yeah. And we're on those pristine white seats as well. They're like, oh, let's yeah. yeah. out for the white ones. I was like, shall we? Cool, yeah. I'll have the here. It's a lovely colour for decor. <laughs> Does anyone else have any confessions they'd like to make before we move on? Just a small one from last night. It suddenly occurred to me. We had an auntie's meeting and, uh, in a hall that we'd hired for our annual public meeting. And at the end of it, everybody has to stack the chairs and put them away. And I was stacking a bunch of chairs. And one of the men aunties, who we refer to as the manities, um, <laughs> went and grabbed the stack of chairs that I'd made and mm. said, here, I'll do it. And I said, you are so sexist. And then I let him carry on. So I just didn't watch, watched him yeah. do it. So, yeah, I thought that was, I probably shouldn't have done that. I should mm. have just said, no, no, thank you, Paul. I will take care of it. But nah. Because <laughs> there was cake. So I moved aside. Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. That's what that is. I don't, sometimes I really like, and this is probably a bad thing to say on a feminist podcast, but like, I'm at my least feminist when it's bin night. And it's raining. And when it's raining. It's raining. Yeah. Yeah. And our bin just like stinks because we have litter trays and we have cats and there's like slugs on it. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> just for 15 minutes, let's go back. I am going to bake you something. You go take the bins out. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it even. We'll never talk about it again. Yeah, what about you, Leonie? Have you got any um, sins to confess I to? I do. I actually do. And um, this is one I was looking forward to sharing with you guys because I have been having a little laugh about it since, it's hap- since it <laughs> happened, just on my own. Um, so, uh, I don't know if everyone heard about this. So, um, a really wonderful woman in Kapahaka star, Tale Morrison, passed away um, last week, the week before. She's from Rotorua, from the famous Morrison family. Um, and she... Uh, lost her battle with cervical cancer and after she was diagnosed she recognised that she had left it too long to get a pap smear so she became a very vocal um, advocate for women um, getting their smears done and she came up with the hashtag smear your mare and would um, get like uh, screening vans to come to Kapa Haka festivals and stuff so I knew I was overdue I had been getting these letters from my doctor for about a month Mm-hmm. And then the last letter from my doctor was like, we've reminded you mm-hmm. enough. If you don't care enough about your health to come in, we're not going to ask any more. Wow, passive-aggressive <laughs> doctor. Right, passive-aggressive. <laughs> and Tale's passing reminded me, oh, shit, got to go do that. So 
for some reason, I had my shower in the morning and I got all ready to go. For some reason, when I was putting on my perfume, I thought, you know what? <laughs> I feel like the doctors would appreciate if I just do a little squirt down there. So I did a little... <laughs> Just because I thought she she must just have to go through these day after day. Sure. I just it just felt like a respectful thing a to do. A little offering. She didn't comment on it, okay. which I thought was a bit rude. It's very, I used my nicest perfume. Yeah. A bit of Tom Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, tea. Yeah. Crikey. Also, thoroughly unnecessary. Uh-huh. She's a doctor. She doesn't give a shit what it smells like. In fact, if I'd had a problem that could be identified by smell, I just covered it. Yeah. So I'm not doing my any favors. I'm hoping you you sprayed your like your your thigh as opposed to you didn't actually spray directly like, on I, your it was area. from a distance. Oh, okay, but did you do of, did you do that thing where you spray you it into just, the air and walk yeah. into it like a queer eye? <laughs> I did. I wafted. <laughs> So you sprayed it at like hip height and then kind of thrust <laughs> through it, shimmied through it. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I've never done that before. I, I'm certainly not <laughs> advocating for like vaginal deodorants or anything like that. And I never have, but for some reason, I just thought, I'm going to treat her and myself. <laughs> treat her. <laughs> Do you think she's going to be like, sniff and be like, thank you? <laughs> So yeah, that is my uh, confession. I wonder if anybody vajazzles before they go for a smear, just <laughs> just to you know really just add, add a little something something to it. That's big delightful. delightful. That's amazing. Gosh, I'm like crying. <laughs> well, should we talk about a new baby that yeah. has entered into well, public life? I mean, women have babies all the time. <laughs> Yeah, cheer, cheer. I love it when people do that when they go. But, but there were eighteen other babies born that day. Yeah, yeah but none of them to a prime minister. Yeah. This is the first time it's happened in thirty years. It is actually significant on all planets, but yeah. on particularly this one right now. Yeah. It yeah. is amazing. It's a wonderful moment it's not in uh, history. I love the people because I was watching the Herald. The Herald had the a live stream popping up occasionally with Tristram Clayton on the street, just like feverishly saying absolutely nothing. Um, and there was just all these people going, where was, where were all the cameras when I was giving birth? <laughs> well, well, the same place they were when you weren't elected prime minister, <laughs> I think. Um, but generally it feels like, aside from like the little odd comments from Mark Richardson types, that it was handled incredibly maturely, Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Um, I thought the stakeout at the hospital, which I heard about vaguely from down south, um, sounded a little... Uh, a little over the top and crazy, and there were reports of you know what was available in the Auckland Hospital cafeteria, <laughs> and I did I, I did chuckle to myself in a, um, a quite chip away, but with a, a side of oh for fuck's sake when they told us that she that night after giving birth had marmite on toast and a cup of cocoa. It's like did I is that added to the sum of <laughs> I human knowledge? It. Okay, I wanted all of it. All right, yeah. no, that's okay. All right, I'm not going to begrudge you that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mac and cheese in the morning. Yeah, good girl. Incredible. Nice. Incredible. But they did, you know, uh, the, was it the next morning? A couple of the press and the New Zealand Herald couldn't resist kind of throwing up huge pink mastheads for it's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. Because okay. obviously, of course, there's no other way that no. we could How would you know? understand that and understand the life course that this mm. girl is now going to go on yep. if we didn't give her the pink colour yeah. immediately. It's kind of a shame. Can I just do a little showy-offy thing? Because yes. I, um, I sent Jacinda some suggested names for the baby <gasps> uh, and one of them was <gasps> Te Aroha. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. Along with about 14,000 other people, I think, yeah. who yeah. suggested no, but that. Yeah, it was first Michelle named Neve de Aroha. Sure, yeah. sure. Because, yeah, yeah partly because of its meaning, but also mm. because that's where she's from and, you know, all of those things. And also, I kind of figured it was a um, a Māori name that wasn't going to piss off any particular iwi. Do you know? Because she was yeah. gifted so many names yeah. from different iwi, so yeah. to pick one over another would have been tricky. I mean, to be honest, a part of me was hoping that she would just 
use every single Māori name that she was gifted Great. and this child would just have to go around with yeah. 20 middle names. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. I, That would have brought me so much joy. But I, I get why she didn't, I suppose. <laughs> Te is beautiful, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's no more as well. But. No, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Um, can I ask what other did you what other names did you say? What was like the worst one? <laughs> uh, uh, Shaniqua, I thought was nice. Just 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 because I know a how people would have written. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But it had it had an X and a and a Q in it, so yeah. I think that helps. And I did suggest Jackson with three X's in the middle. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, yeah, there was a lot. I mostly listed every feminist in human history. Um, so, uh, yeah, there were a few Roses and Kates in, in there, but no, mm-hmm. Te Aroha was my, was my top nice. pick. So I'm, I'm feeling quite chuffed about yeah. it, but I really shouldn't because mm. she, she immediately texted back and said, yes, that's come through a lot for us. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is this, like, like intense crowdfunding of names? Yeah. I guess you can't avoid it. Yeah, and because you know how much criticism you're going to get, whichever way. <laughs> Way you go, and indeed she did. You know, did she spell Neve the right way, and all of those kinds of things? Wasn't she articulate though in her explanation of why they'd spelt Neve N E V E rather than the traditional N I A M H? Just for, like for a woman who had just given birth three days before, she was way more articulate than, for example, um, what's his name, Bridges? What's his name, Simon? Simon, Simon. Simon Bridges, who Simon. said <laughs> at the end of all his ridiculous uh, stuff about. The, the new baby, I wish them all the very happiness. Just, <laughs> so like good at words. He's banging, good banging point, well made. on with his articulateness <laughs> and other <laughs> messy English things. So, yeah, so but she, I, she seemed to make a lot of sense, and I don't remember making any sense after I'd had a baby. Yeah, quite yeah I was going to ask you about that. You yeah. Know? How, do, how, do, how, do, how do you compare I lost all my nouns <laughs> like I would like I want I'd want to say can you get me a cup from that <laughs> cupboard and I would say can you get me a thing from the what's it and I just I didn't know what names were of things anymore but it doesn't I mean that's about sleep deprivation really mm. and a little bit of shock and trauma I mean mm. I was exactly the same after my daughter gave birth to my grandson I <laughs> I lost right. all my nouns then and my legs hurt from standing up for eight hours <laughs> with her leaning against me <laughs> Mother and son both well. Nana, legs a bit tired. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a huge thing. It's a it's a momentous life event. It's mm. I'm one of the two biggies, right? Mm. So That's true. Yeah, so I was really impressed that she was able to um, make a lot of sense on a way out of the hospital. Mm. It was also lovely. Um, just watching everyone on social media like you know it's that thing that I think we talked about kind of in relation to like the story of your book is like you don't get to celebrate things that are nice and like things that come from a place of love in a yeah in a kind of public way very often a pure happy joyful thing unless you're insulting the baby unless you're Simon Bridges decided to call it a pingo yeah yeah yeah, you're right it's been like overwhelmingly um positive yeah which is lovely yeah I had uh, the RNZ royal expert on Morning Report yesterday who they'd just gotten in contact with again to talk about the baby. I'm not really sure why. Oh, because she lived in Seattle, but otherwise she was a royal (laughs) expert. (laughs) It's like, she had a lot of lovely things to say about the royal baby, so we're going to call her up again and we'll talk about this baby. (laughs) And she was so nice. She just sort of embodied like every lovely sentiment you could possibly have for a baby and a new Aww. couple, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is the kind of radio I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, there were some nice comments from men talking about the way Clark was just throughout that little press stand up, just staring yeah. into the eyes, into the face of his new daughter, and he's going, yeah. "Oh, it's so nice." Mm. Also, we in the office at the spin-off refute that that was an op shop cardigan because it looked far too new. It was very pristine. It was pre- there were no pulls. There yeah. were no pills. Yeah, it hadn't been rubbed. It was definitely modern, a modern take. Yes, yeah, on a dad caddy, but yeah. that was, there's mm. no way that was a musty old op shop caddy. No. But I do think that somebody gave it to him going, you're going to be a dad, here's your first dad, Carly. <laughs> Welcome. That's probably true. I reckon. Cute. Maybe his definition of op shop is like kind of one of those loose, quite fancy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. I've never, never seen this place before. <laughs> okay. Before we move on, cool tips of the month. What would you like to share with our lovely on the rag audience that you've gleaned? 
I worked a thing out that, you know how I come up with stuff and you all go, yeah, everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I might be about to lay one of those out. Cool. But after I've coloured my hair, uh, I, um, my pillowcase gets stained sometimes with oh, the hair colour, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and that's fine at home because I have some navy blue and some black and some whatever pillowcases. So, I, so it's not quite so obvious. I mean, I still <laughs> wash them. It's just that it's not obvious immediately. <laughs> and I can leave it till the weekend when I do the wash. But I was staying at another, at some. I was a guest in someone's house and staying in their guest room with these beautiful white duvet and matching pillowcases. And I went, oh my god, I've probably got a black head on. So I got a t-shirt and put it over the pillow. And slept with my head on the T-shirt. And so then when I left on Sunday, I whipped my T-shirt off the pillow and that goes into my wash at home and their pillowcases look terrific. Mm, Perfect. And it doubles up like like a little person. It it smelt of me. Um, So (laughs) that was comforting. Just hug yourself. I should have just squirted a little bit of Tom Ford perfume on it and then just (laughs) wafted the pillow through the air. Have a waft. Amazing. What about you, Leonie? I feel like I've learned a lot from you over the past past month. Meaning, the TV oh, stuff. oh, sorry, I thought you really? meant a lot of little hotels. tricks. And if you weren't going to say this, the trick I'm about to use, I was going to do it. No, go ahead. I'm actually out of tips. So really? Please tell me what my tips Your t- are. It was the one where you get a piece of t- toilet paper. <laughs> oh, the blotting. And you use a makeup brush if you've got if you're kind of oily but you don't have any yes. trans translucent like powder. Yes. And you put it and you blot it with a. Um, a makeup brush just on top of the toilet paper on top of your skin. So yeah. And the toilet paper absorbs it. <gasps> it was also, amazing. That one also works if um, I could have done in this instance my uh, makeup had all come off from the tally but we had to go and do a video thing. Um, Alex had some powder but it was for her skin tone. Mm. I could have used your powder using the brush on top of the um, toilet paper and that would have absorbed even more oil without putting your powder on my skin. Uh-huh. So you oh, can take that one yay. next level because it's just like those absorbent layers. Yeah. So yeah, the brush, the powder, and the toilet paper. But then That's the incredible. toilet paper. Did you work this out through trial and error, <clears throat> or has it been handed down from grandmother to mother to daughter? <laughs> I, not a very makeuppy family, so definitely not that one. It's I think so maybe a good. friend of mine might have shown me that one. This is really good. Yeah. I'm I'm quite oily, so that's a really. Yeah, that's a hot. Tip. And it was matte. It was a matte skin mm. after that. It works. Yeah. Uh, we also have some advice sent in from a listener, who who messaged our Facebook page. By the way, that's facebook.com slash on the rag pod to say, just adding to Michelle's spicy advice about adding, <laughs> and also adding to the moon cup com- moon cup conversation. <laughs> so I'm potching that up. You might remember Michelle's spicy advice from our bang. Yes, this that is we the cayenne did. pepper on toast and what you shouldn't do after that. She said, don't empty your moon cup or change your tampon when you've just been chopping chilies or fingering <sighs> cayenne pepper without thoroughly washing your hands. Entirely true. I didn't immediately connect the two events and was about to head off to the urgent doctors one evening thinking I had, <laughs> I had contracted an STI from hell. <laughs> <laughs> the fires of hell. <laughs> and she said, in that situation, yogurt was the answer for her. Of course. Yogurt is often oh, the answer. That's great often, tip. No matter what the question is. <laughs> to a lot of So long as it's got no fruit pulp in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I assume we're going for an unsweetened yogurt mm-hmm. here. Yes. Not a oh, chocolate yogurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hmm. Oh. Like, yum, but also. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Alex coming at you from the future here. I just wanted to give you a little heads up at this point that our chat pivots to something a little bit more serious. I wanted to talk to Michelle and Leonie about the tragic death of Melbourne comedian Eurydice Dixon. So just a little warning that the following 10 or so minutes contains mention of sexual violence and victim blaming if that's something that you need to take care with. I guess I wanted to talk because obviously we... From that event, there has been a sort of re-upping of all these things about things that women do to protect themselves at night. The, the police, the local police came out saying the, the priority was that women keep themselves safe and do X, Y, Z thing. And yeah, I thought maybe we could kind of talk about that, especially you being a woman in yeah. comedy as well. It felt like there was a particular nerve struck yeah. there. Oh, y- yes. Carry on for a minute without me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I 
like you say, there was that the whole conversation came up again about how women should protect themselves or whatever. But then, mm. unfortunately, the other side of that is the not all men response reared its head again too, which is. It's just so unhelpful. Yeah. The I didn't rape and murder her reaction is not good for anyone. It's not helpful. It's not, mm. It doesn't progress mm. the conversation in any way. doesn't keep women safer. So just don't say it. Mm. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I think also like just uh, trying to understand the trauma that not only a news event like that has for women everywhere who might have experienced, you know, similar actual things or have finally had all their fears confirmed, mm. you know, that yeah. all holding the keys at night and doing all those things is not something you do in vain. It's yeah. because the threat is real. And sometimes you're made to feel like you're crazy and being paranoid, yeah. but yeah. that is actually not the case at all. Yeah, I went slightly feral on Twitter because I <laughs> I tried to write about Eurydice because, you know, we've all been her. Um, and, and I think it really hit home quite hard because... I do the same job that she does, and I have so many times had to walk, you know, from a club to a bus stop or to the taxi rank or to the whatever. And because, yeah, because that's how life is. We have to get from A to B, and it's you can never be safe no matter what you do. And you use all your instincts and all your senses, and you try to, you know, you try to do the very best for yourself, but that's not what it's about. And so I tried to write about it and I couldn't write about it. So I reprinted um, a piece that I'd written a few years ago about what women do every day to keep themselves safe. And somebody climbed in on Twitter and I told him to go fuck himself um, mm. and continued to tell him to go fuck himself for two days. And <laughs> I, it just, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't change anything. It's what you just said. They're just repeating the same old shit over and over again that we need to take better care. We take such good care. Yeah. And I I started to make a list of all the things I haven't done in my life. And it gets really depressing. I, I'm, you know, I'm 57 and, well, we'll be next week. And and I can list the, the festivals I have not gone to and the jobs I have not taken and the trips I have not done and the career moves I have not made because it's not safe for me to do that. And it kills me that I'm still being told to take better care of myself and it's just it's it's bullshit so yeah yeah I don't know there was I just for my book club this week there's a piece that I have put on my Facebook page and I should link it to the on the rag Facebook page it's a really thoughtful piece by um an Australian guy uh where is it I made a note of it somewhere who um in the in the age in the Melbourne age about what men can actually do to be helpful, like mm-hmm. not walk behind her, not not walk faster than than she's walking and pass her because there's a moment of terror about yeah. what you're about to oh, do. Cross the road, feeling. walk parallel, and then move ahead so that she can see you, so that she can assess whether you're a threat or not. So that's a it's a really terrific article. I know you know about the the intervention stuff, the stuff that men can do when it looks like a woman might be in a position of um, in, in a place of fear or in, uh, under threat, and what men can do at various levels to assist with that and it's really practical with finally somebody doing something talking about something really practical so yeah mm. so that's on my page and I'll link it to ours yeah I really oh. really liked that article there was also him just putting it very plainly like saying if I imagine you know um if I was the the victim in the situation or I was the person who felt like you know the prey my predator is someone who would be Seven foot four. Yes, you know he put the the equivalent the, sizes and he said that. So he's six foot four and four six foot four and one hundred and eight kilos. Yeah. So for for him to experience what it would be like for him to be walking behind a normal sized woman, he would have to be faced with a seven foot seven man who weighed one hundred and forty four kilos to appreciate the size difference and the threat. Hmm. It was really helpful. Yeah, I also saw this. I'll, I'll try and find it and share it on our page as well. But it was another simple thing that was about public transport. Um, and it was just a quick little kind of ad. I think it's Australian of just this woman sitting there. She's kind of just in her work 
kind of gear. She's got a skirt on and is sort of shuffling because you can feel a guy looking at her. He's sort of at the side bit, the front of the bus, looking back at her. And there's a man sitting next to him who clocks the, you know, the encounter and is sort of going in his head. He's sort of like, oh, should I make a big deal? Should I do anything? It's not illegal to look. Having this inner turmoil. And then he just goes, look, you just have to do one tiny thing, mate. And he just like turns and stands in the guy's way. So the guy can't Aww, see the lady anymore. Fantastic. And I was just like, see, that's that's what we're talking about. It's not about necessarily making a fuss, although sometimes it does warrant that. It's like those tiny little things. Yeah. 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 And it's I feel like recognizing yeah. them in the first place instead of walking around in a man bubble. Yeah. And then yeah. getting mad when someone points out something that is the truth for half of us, mm-hmm. but because you've never seen it you don't recognise it as the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Being an active ally. Try harder. Look, Just look harder. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add, add to that before we... I'll just say his name is on? Conrad Marshall. And it was in That's the age. The, yeah. the age. Fantastic yes. piece. Yeah, great. Really, really important. Because women, as you can probably hear... We're sick of talking about this shit. We're sick of like trying to figure out ways to make it stop. It actually does fall on men, you know, now. It's 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 time. Uh, uh, the watch clubs, book clubs. Should we talk about things that have been making our heart sing this month? Yeah. From reading or watching or um, whatever else. I just like to re-up Bang. I've been listening to Bang Season oh, 2, great. RNZ's amazing sex and, sex and Sexuality podcast. It's just, it's so good. And I think um, Melody has such a calming voice. It's a really good one to listen to <laughs> as you go to sleep. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, really into it. <laughs> but also... Listen to it when you're awake because it's got good information in it. <laughs> so the opposite then, because I've been quite angry. So and I, when I'm angry, I quite like to listen to angry people. So I've been um, grabbing as much Samantha Samantha B mm-hmm. full frontal on oh, YouTube yeah. as cool. I can grab, um, and I, I find that delightful because she's just she's furious, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a really lovely thing to see somebody being that furious. And I particularly enjoyed. I know that she has apologized now for using the C word on Ivanka Trump but I still watch that <laughs> clip over and over <laughs> again. And I'm really glad she did it because it brings me great joy mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people just need that that's the only word you yeah. can use to mm. describe them Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What about you Leonie? Um, are we talking watch club here? Whichever, watch club, book club so I have been reading, um, it's not necessarily um, women or feminist related, but weirdly it kind of turns out that tangentially is. So I've been reading this um, book called Joyriding in Rayard, um, which is a book by this um, French artist, I guess, about um, drifting and joyriding culture in young Saudis. Mm-hmm. So they basically, it's this... Um, this real sort of youth culture to go into these like brand new but totally um, empty um, urban centres that have been sort of created in the middle of the desert and they do a lot of joyriding or whatever until the police show up. But it's sort of this... Um, is it sort of Mad Maxi? It is. It's exactly what it is. It's really Mad Maxi because like, yeah, it's all about sort of clocking where the police are and avoiding and paying people off and da da da. And then um, it's also like a real expression of like youth anger mm. Um, and it is very male centric. There's only men in the story, but I just thought it was really interesting timing that I was reading that because this week Saudi Arabian women were yeah. given the right yeah, to drive. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't. I now I'm read. I haven't quite finished the book. I'm nearly at the end, but now I'm reading it, thinking, "My God, how amazing are the women drifters going to be? Yeah. Like, by the time, like you know, the women are out there, they're like, cool. I've got the hang of driving to the supermarket. Now I'm going to fucking drift around corners because I can, because yes. <laughs> everyone else is doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that that book. <laughs> I'm really hoping there's a sequel. It's great. <laughs> oh, Soon enough, eh? Uh, also, I've been reading a book that Madeline Chapman lent me. She came on the podcast maybe two months ago and she was talking at length about, I think she was listening to a podcast that was about running. I've been really trying to train for a half marathon and all I've done so far is just read things about <laughs> running. <laughs> I mean, mental preparation like, is get important. Get the mind right first yes, and the body will I follow. Think that's good. Um, 
and it's called Born to Run, a hidden tribe, super athletes in the greatest race the world has never seen. And it's about this amazing, like, tribe of ultra marathon, triple ultra marathon runners who don't run marathons. You know, they just run. That's all they do. I think they're in sort of like Mexico or somewhere around the border. And it's this journalist who is also a runner. He tries to, you know, he tries to go and find them. And there's all these like mythical kind of people that he can never quite track down. And it's also about how kind of the mainstream tried to jump on these people and give them like Nikes and give them like all these deals and how it just like did not work at all. But it's been very... Yeah, I think I've been, <laughs> I can't run as fast as them or as far, <laughs> but I quite like thinking about running as a way that's not about the way I look or the way that even even how strong it makes me feel, but just that it's something that people do yeah. and it's something mm. that people have always done and I'm trying to sort of tap into a more primal thing. That's good. And then one day... You're I might go for a yeah. run, but yeah. not yet. Just <laughs> pretend you're being chased by a wolf or something. <laughs> yeah, true. Get real primal. That is great. Escaping predators. And I think for Watch Club, we might all be wanting to talk about the same thing, potentially. Nanette. Have you seen I Nanette? haven't watched okay. it yet. Oh, I haven't okay. watched it. I'm, wait, I'm, okay. for, I'm waiting for, for Jeremy and I to be in the same room at the same time so we can oh. watch it together because Hannah Gadsby is one of my heroes. She's a beautiful human being and it sounds amazing. It is. So if you watched, yes. It is. It's really great. Yeah. And I had said to um, Alex <laughs> earlier, are you going to talk about Nanette for Watch Club? She's like, yes. <laughs> we both think Michelle definitely will as well. Yeah, no, do you mind if we talk have. about it? Please do. No, seen it? it's fine because I've seen bits of, of her doing it live. So, oh, right, yes, cool. so yeah. all good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Hannah Gadsby, Australian um, uh, comedian. Uh, it's her um, Netflix special. The name Nanette really doesn't have much to do with what she ends up no. talking about at all. <laughs> as she says right up top that she named it before she even wrote it. Just named it after a lady she thought would be really funny. <laughs> Give her lots of material, as it turned out. Not so much. Yeah. Um, but it just, the reason it's um, a lot of people are talking about it is just as far as stand up goes, very funny. Lots mm-hmm. of really great gags, a lot of sort of poking fun at gender normativity and um, her not always. Um, identifying with stuff that her, her people, as she calls the lesbians, are into, like partying. <laughs> It's like, yeah. you know, she expresses her identity through naps. <laughs> um, but then she, there's this really great bit where she talks about um, self-deprecation. And it's like a real yeah, sort of like life-changing kind of a thing. And she says, you know, I don't want to be self-deprecating anymore. I'm not going to humiliate myself for you. And because anyone who identifies or anyone who identifies with me, and it's really cool. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of those. Mm. She slowly sort of builds up kind of drip feeds these just incredibly like poignant beautiful shattering like observations Mm. all while doing it in like stand-up and she's just a master as she says of tension you know she like will build up she's like don't worry guys there is gonna be a laugh but it does reach a point I think where there stops being laughs Mm. and the the special does take an incredible turn that's yeah. unlike anything I've ever seen a comedian do, let yeah. alone like, I don't know, it's almost like a play or something. Yes, um, and the final act mm. is yeah. a surprise. Yeah, and I remember watching it, so I started out, I was watching it in the bath <laughs> with a bath bomb. <laughs> people, <laughs> people who have seen the spin-off TV episode one will know why that's funny. <laughs> and... And it was like, I was in the bath for the like normal stand-up bit, and then I started making cookies. And by the end of it, I had just stopped, and I was just shuffling the cookie dough into my mouth. <laughs> Perfect. Because like, I had just stopped. It was one of those, like, you just have to drop everything. Yeah. Essential um, nanny on Netflix. That's can't brilliant. Recommend, can't recommend it higher. I'm doing it tonight. Yeah. I've also been watching, and this is a bit cheeky because it's not legally available in this country, <gasps> but Sarah Silverman's show, I Love You America, which was... Is, is just coming up for a second season, which is why I looked into it, because I saw all these people on Twitter going off that there's another season coming. Mm. So it's a Hulu show, but it's like a late night show for streaming, um, which is yeah. quite interesting. So it's like she's the host and she basically is just trying to tackle. It reminded me a lot of like what Bad News is doing in New Zealand, kind of taking on all these like. Obviously, America, everything's just so amplified, all of these issues. And she kind of goes into the houses of she goes to a house full of Trump voters and just sits down with them and has a yarn. And it's just like it feels so it's so gentle, but Mm. it's like incredibly subversive at the same time. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, you have to go to the dark web to find it. Okay. <laughs> but right. I Love You America by Sarah Silverman. Excellent, excellent television. I really like her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So good. What else should we talk about? What about tr- uh, Melania? What about Melania Trump, Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> so the jacket that she, so she was off to Texas to, uh, uh, what do they call it? A mig- migrant's facility, a migrant detention centre. God, what a euphemism for mm. a, oh, um, I found all this stuff so hard to, the sound of children crying, just, I'm, I'm, I'm quite fragile. Um, but sorry, Melania goes to do the, the thing that the, good wife does and wears a Zara jacket that says that has on its back I really don't care do you which is just so incredibly um, inflammatory Mm, mm. and I read a and you know you go why didn't somebody stop her like it's not like she's I've only got one coat. Yeah. yeah. Mm. She's got more than one. She's got at least three. <laughs> there were some others that she could have chosen that didn't have a slogan yeah. on them. Yeah. And a contemptuous and slogan. Why didn't somebody say, hey, maybe not that one? But then it occurred to me that maybe they said, wear that one. It's a distraction. Yeah. And there's a really great little piece by a journalist called Liz Plank. Um, and it's just a, a, a post on Instagram where she explains that she, her theory is that this is <coughs> this is um, a deliberate distraction. So it's an example of how authoritarian governments will control the news and how it's reported. It was a strategy to get the media to talk about the first lady's jacket and therefore fuel the attitude that the media is bullshit, is full of fake Mm. news and can't be trusted. Because if the story's really about children being torn apart from their parents, but the media is talking about her jacket, then they're not to be trusted. So it's it's a deep level play. And that when we accuse the Trump White House of being dumb, we're being foolish. That they're mm, not dumb. They're theory. much smarter than we think they are. And there's a playbook. And, you know, it's clearly not Trump, but there's a playbook mm. being used of what do we want the story to be about with Melania yeah. going to Texas? What do we want that story to be about? We actually want the story to be about what, evil bastards journalists are. How can we do that? But surely the story is what a tone-deaf, uncompassionate bitch she is. Mm. Only for people who already believe she's possibly tone-deaf and lacking compassion. I guess so. I mean, the thing that I found quite interesting is because there are a lot of people who've sort of been convinced that Melania has sort of been held hostage or whatever and, you know... <laughs> Blink twice, just, I believe it. Exactly, like... <laughs> Um, like she's this sort of benign figure that's just been sort of swept up in this. And I've never believed that. You know, she was mm. as much of a Obama truther as Donald Trump was even before, that. you know, they got into power. Like she's awful. She's yeah. a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so absolutely I, she's not I our just, friend. I just don't necessarily buy that. I think she wore that jacket because she just doesn't give a shit. But the story, if you have a look and see that the story ended up not being about human rights abuses. Yeah. That's true. The story yeah. ended up being about what what the first lady about was wearing. Yeah, it's true. Jeez. But it was also about her, which I doesn't. I mean, I I, I think you can have both stories. Yeah, mm. I mean, I guess also his advisors are probably not above throwing her under a truck to uh-huh. to take the focus off their administration yeah. and their awful policies. Oh, absolutely. That's what she's for. She's yeah, a, totally a tool to be wheeled out. Yeah. yeah, that's why she exists. Yeah. Do you think that's also why she was, like, gone for a while? Like, because it would be, like, her big return as well. I remember everyone... Yeah, that's right. a couple of weeks where she had just been completely absent. Yeah. Oh, it's just... Yeah, it's no, there's, okay. the, the, I think we shouldn't underestimate the machine mm. that's involved in all of this. Mm. Though I did love the joke. Was it Seth... Myers on a late night show who said that when Melania arrived at the detention centre, um, uh, that uh, the, the quote was, "I can't even begin to imagine the horror that you have been living through." Said one of the children to Melania. <laughs> made me laugh quite hard. <laughs> but I don't think. I mean, I think yeah, she's completely complicit in yeah. in everything that's going on. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Mm. Yep. On that note, actually. Yep. 
I'd like to nominate one of two Yas Queens. This the first is an honorary Yas Queen, which is Jessie Mulligan from the project for wow. having that moment on camera, calling out um, the New Zealand government. I thought and and mostly crying <laughs> because I love Lisa. seeing I love seeing men cry <laughs> in prime time. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. It's important for men yeah. to cry visibly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice piece as well. Mm. I didn't see it again. I was down south, missed mm. it, so I will have to have a look. It just yeah. felt like one of those very raw moments, and I think between him and seeing Clark Gayford staring adoringly yeah. at his newborn baby, it's quite a, it's quite a moment uh, this this past week. My second ask queen is Jamie Curry. Yeah, yeah. YouTuber yeah. extraordinaire who made her return after what felt like years to YouTube, to her massive following of millions, to say that she has been absent because she was, you know, trying to find herself and figure out her life and she has fallen in love with a woman and is engaged and is kind of back and sharing that message and just looking at all the comments and seeing how much love there was for her and seeing, you know, how, how much she's sort of growing and growing up was very exciting. Just side note, I did work with Jamie two or three years ago writing her mm. book. Mm. And buy the was, book. Buy the book. The, yeah, buy the book, watch the show, <laughs> do all the things, plug, plug, plug. Um, but yeah, that was like very touching moment and very brave of her to do that still because the yeah. internet is very much still a bad place. Yeah. So yeah, yes, it Queen was. to Jamie. Yes. yes. Mine is, mine is Becca Levin, who wrote a really lovely piece about Eurydice. And and I knew it was, um, we had a little chat while yeah, while she was writing it. She's a weekly columnist and and um, the pressure of being of, of writing something every week, one of the pressures is having a, a something to have an opinion on, but the other is having an opinion that you hold so, that, that is painful to hold and hard to express. And I thought that, Beck did a fantastic job and it's on the Stuff website um, uh, and I think the headline is Vigil, a teachable moment for men and boys and it's a really lovely piece that asks a lot of questions and and really lovely lovely writing. Mm. Mm. It is, it's a nice piece. Um, my uh, Yas Queen is, um, and I know we did. We talked about this on um, the last pod, but I don't believe I nominated or any of us nominated <laughs> her. But Alison Eden yes, is my yes. absolute Yas Queen <laughs> for her show Bad News, mm. which we've talked about. But um, I hadn't watched them all when we talked about her last pod mm-hmm. and um, the one that she did about Tereo where she yes. um, shows Don Brash a bunch of Māori words to, um, she asks him if he speaks Tereo, he says no she <laughs> brings out the flashcards and yep. asks him all these, what all these Māori terms mean and he knows them all and she's like oh, wow your, your Tereo is really great <laughs> and then the word whānau um, he says, well, that is a word I actually really like because there's no English equivalent. And she says, so are you saying that Tereo actually has <laughs> inherent value mm. over and above. Mm. And honestly, the look on his face in that moment, and I was just watching it on my computer, literally screaming with laughter. <laughs> it's a total gotcha. <laughs> at my it? screen, yeah. and it was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen captured on video. So thanks, Alice. So satisfying. It was. And yes, the whole series is amazing. I love the bit in the car with the, uh, talking about white privilege with um, Jermaine oh, Ross. And, it's yeah. amazing as well. Yeah, it was. it's terrific. She yeah. walks into the police station yeah. and tries to get arrested. <laughs> Incredible. Great. What a lovely place to end it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much again to the Women's Bookshop for supporting us. Head to our Facebook page to win Fantastically Great Women Who Changed the World. And we'll see you next month. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.